Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration of America. I'm your host, Jerry Ewalt, Chief Marketing Officer for Restoration of America. Today, we are blessed to talk once again with our favorite pollster, Robert Cahaley. Before the 2016 election, Robert stood alone as the only pollster that predicted a Trump victory. Well, Robert, welcome again to the show. It's good to be here. Well, Robert, you are one of the best, if not the best, across the country at running and analyzing polls for the purpose of predicting the outcome of races across the country. So I want to know, with three weeks out, we've, I've heard a lot about this red wave coming, and then I heard it was pulling back, and now I heard words like red tsunami is about to hit us. I don't want to get too excited, and I want to tap into your expertise. What are your thoughts of what's going to happen across the country? Well, I've always thought it was there. I, I never bought into this idea that, that it really kind of dissipated. I think that was a, I mean, everything runs now today on polling averages. And unfortunately, what makes up so many of the averages are polls from mass media groups and uh, universities that are basically controlled by the left. And so they created this artificial circumstance in uh, July and August and even uh, through part of September that was just, you know, saying that these guys were, uh, the Democrats were doing so much better than they ever were. Now, I know part of that's to help them raise money from Silicon Valley and everything else, but it, it certainly was, it was frustrating. And there was no question that, that this was going to dissipate because they had to start facing reality. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, no, there has not been a last minute shift. 18% of the population among women uh, in the suburbs didn't suddenly wake up and realize they were conservative. They realized their polls and the game was getting close to the end and they didn't want to look foolish, so they had to get to reality. So they're acting like there's been this great shift. No, there's always been uh, a red uh, wave coming. It yeah. was a little bit of a bump over abortion, but it just really wasn't near as big as they, they said. And we see the first momentum started after the uh, Biden student loan thing. That's when we started to see things started to really build. And, and, you know, with crime and gas prices, it's just it's gotten worse and worse. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I think it's going to be very big. Uh, I've said in numerous places that I believe there's a new kind of voter called a submerged voter, which are di different from the shy and the hidden voters of the past, because these people uh, just aren't taking polls at all. It's not that they're hard to get, they refuse to take them. And every poll, including ours, will underestimate the Republican turnout. And that number could be between 1.5 and 4 or 5% um, additional turnout from Republicans. So, so let's expand on that. So you said submerged uh, voters. So that's someone that doesn't want to take a poll or it's someone that says, I don't want to reveal who I'm voting for, or is it both? Right, the, the more the shy voter, the ones who kind of the ones who wouldn't say they were for Trump and you had to kind of coax it out of them. Mm -hmm. and, and we, you know, we, 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 one of the first things we did and got national attention is we were pretty good at doing that. Uh, and then in 2020, they, they were, they were harder to get on the phone, but yes, they, they were, but yet you could still get a certain percentage of them on the phone. You just had to work harder. And the people who didn't know that were, were the never Trump kind of Republicans yeah. were easy to poll. And so they were overestimating them. And that's why they were so off in 2020. This is different. These are people that in the past might have taken a poll, might have put a sticker on their car, might have put a bumper, I mean, a, a sticker on the car or sign in the yard or posted on social media or talked to their friends. 
They're doing none of it. They are completely submerged. Hmm. Since Biden has kind of announced that MAGA Republicans right. are a threat to the country, uh, they're suspect. They're suspect about our polls and everybody else's. Uh, they're actually reaching out to us saying, is this really you? Um, and right. give us examples of polls. In every case it was, but they're so nervous that somebody's trying hmm. to make a list of MAGA Republicans, they will not be identified. So this is a this is a new phenomenon that that started with Trump, where there's a lot of Republicans out there that won't come out and voice who they're for, but when they go to the polls, sorry, when they go to vote, they actually cast the vote for the Republican. Is what you're saying? Yeah, and this is an out. I mean, this is in a, this is starts like that. I mean that you know that was kind of the shabbat, but what this is is is, is the next step is, and this is the direct result of Biden basically declaring war on a certain yeah. aspect certain class of Americans, uh, th these people have been driven completely underground or submerged uh, because of Biden's, uh, the way the administration seems to be criminalizing political thought. Right. So we have, a, we have a submerged voter, but you also brought up something, I, I think you call it juicing the polls, right? So this is, as we get closer and closer to an election, uh, there's some bias introduced by certain pollsters that will maybe mislead or, or, or again, their biases trying to get someone moving in a certain direction. That's for the purposes of raising more money and things like that, or kind of scaring. Why would right. someone do that? Well, they, they do it, uh, first of all, to create momentum. And they do it also uh, because they do want to bias things. And that's why they do it early, because there's no accountability on early. Mm -hmm. You know, when they're doing this in July and August, uh, if what they want to happen happens and they just stay where they are. But if, but if the truth is revealed, then they just adjust it owing to, to the new truth. The fact that, that, that they see the race is tidying because they don't want to look bad in the end. Right. So the juicing occurs early and during the course of the election, but now they're so nervous about being wrong again. And again, they don't mind being wrong when nobody's right. But what they don't want again is a group like ours being, you know, number one uh, error rate, uh, having the lowest error rate of any of them again and getting more of them right than they do. So now they're trying to come to reality and, and their last two or three polls or even their last single poll, they'll try to do within the last 10 days. And that'll be the most accurate one they put out because that's the one they feel the only one they'll be held accountable on. Well, well, that's why we love working with you, Robert, in the Trafalgar Group, because you stand your ground all the way throughout. You're not, you're not juicing the polls throughout. So, uh, but that that makes a lot of sense, or at least I understand it, uh, and, and so that that's helpful. So, why don't why don't we do this, uh, Robert? I, I think we're. I'd love to see you roll up your sleeves and get ready to get into some of the individual races, right? So we're here, and maybe this. It's likely that we're seeing a red wave coming our way. Uh, but but that all happens at the individual level. So I'd love to look at some of the Senate races, and I'll go one by one for you. Of course. Love sure. to hear what you have to say for each of them. And we'll we'll start with your home home state of Georgia, uh, where we have a intense battle between Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. So give us your thoughts on that. What does Herschel need to do to to pull that one out? Well, what Herschel needs to do is what Herschel's been doing, uh, and he did so effectively during the debate. And he need, needs to remember that this is about Joe Biden. This is about, do you want to continue the Biden agenda or do you want to stop it? Uh, one of the things we learned early on, and this will apply to all the Senate races. One of the first things we polled early on was if you had to choose between a Senate candidate you did not like personally who would oppose the Biden agenda and a, a Senate candidate that you did like personally who would support the Biden agenda, mm -hmm. which one would you pick? And in every one of these swing states, 
they'll vote for somebody they don't like who'll oppose Biden. So <laughs> Herschel apparently has done a great job with that. So look at it this way. Here's the way I'll put it. After the worst two weeks of his campaign, three polls in a row showed him down no more than three points. We showed him down two. Emerson showed him down two. And since that, he's had a great debate performance and a poll that came out yesterday or the day before that shows the race dead even. I expect when we go back there, we'll see the same thing, if not a Herschel advantage. He has weathered the most difficult storm. Right. And by my count, he said the word Biden 37 times in his debate. Everyone expected him to get blown away. And even those who support Warnock do not argue that he won that debate. So, now, so people know that Herschel won it. So I, I love that with you guys, what you guys do as well. You, you, you not only tell us like who's in the lead, but also tell us like what, what resonates most with the American people. And what I heard you just say is that anyone who's against Biden is going to resonate very well and very strongly with the American people. And Herschel's done a nice job of reemphasizing that even when he's gotten his greatest attack, which was recent, uh, he, he's surviving that and not only surviving it, but coming out ahead in your opinion. And not to mention that just, I mean, you cannot believe the Atlanta media. It is shameless. Yeah. Uh, all the stuff with, her, with uh, Warnock being a slumlord and all the proof, not a word. Didn't even go to the press conference. Yeah. You know, some allegation with no proof that uh, of Herschel, it's on the front page. This is, th yeah. this is literally the most shameless uh, local media I've ever seen. Yeah. But there's nothing new about that. I mean, you know... Uh, the Atlanta Journal Constitution has just literally been a problem for years. Ask, ask Richard Jewell. Sorry, you can't ask him anymore. Uh, he died after being uh, being vilified. He didn't get to live to see the Clint Eastwood movie that made him look great. Well, Georgia's had a problem for a while, right? He got CNN as the headquarters there in Atlanta, so you, it's not a surprise, right? <laughs> That's right. All right, let's let's move on to Pennsylvania. That one is a head scratcher for me, and I would love your, your opinion on this Oz Fetterman race because it doesn't even seem like it should even be a contest. But I, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, one of the things we've learned in Pennsylvania is the efforts that Biden and his group have been making uh, to kind of win over seniors, uh, whether it's just giving them their due COLA increase, uh, or whether it's been the stuff in the in quote-unquote Inflation Reduction Act uh, that helped them with uh, prescription drugs, uh, they've been going after seniors. And seniors are most likely to be sitting there watching TV all day taking in all, all the messaging. And so seniors are tough in this in this state. It's a particularly hard one. Um, but uh, Oz's strength is among those people with, uh, you know, that have, you know, have kids. And if uh, the first thing we figured out early on is if the people with kids turn out in anywhere near the numbers they did in Virginia, uh, Fetterman is in real trouble. Mm -hmm. But um, what we've seen in the most recent polling that we've done is we've seen it within a, a point and a half. Um, I have heard that some new polling will be coming out in the next day that m may make it even closer than that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I know we're about to go back in the field in Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, I think we've been talking about kind of this this uh, uh, submerged vote that I think is going to show up. Mm. I would say this race isn't any other. If you're within a point or two uh, of uh, of a Democrat and you're Republican, you, you look pretty good for Election Day. But I, I've seen every time we look at it, Oz is on the move. The more people learn about Fetterman, the farther he falls. 
And, you know, Fetterman went untouchable for about three months after he was in the hospital. No one laid off of Oz. So it's, it's just now become a fair fight. And in a fair fight, uh, Fetterman continues to fade. Yeah, so the, the more that uh, Fetterman shows up on TV or debates or, or speaks, uh, the, the worse it is for him, is what you're saying. For obvious reasons. No question. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that, that, again, that was a head scratcher, but I think the way you explain it makes a lot of sense. But it's good to see that that might be shifting towards the end here, which is great. Um, let's go to Nevada, where we have uh, Adam Laxalt and uh, Cortez Masto. Uh, is that one pretty much locked up for, for Laxalt, or is that closer than we think? Well, we show it higher than most, but I will also tell people I'm very hesitant to, uh, one, there, there are only a few states that we've had consistently some problems. I, I think I now understand what's going on in, in Nevada. And so I would say um, our numbers show Laxalt at four. Anything above two points, I believe, means that somebody's probably going to win Nevada. But I think you've got to win Nevada by a little more than two points to win Nevada. Uh, but we show Laxalt there. There are some other polls that show it closer. Uh, but I think most people concede that uh, – uh, this is one of those races where the Republicans most likely pick up lies. And I would agree with that. I think Laxalt has an excellent chance of winning uh, this race. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you don't, you don't think there's a submerged voter issue in Nevada like there would be in Pennsylvania, but you, you feel strongly. About no, I think there's submerged voters all over the country. Everywhere. But I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying Laxalt, I mean, historically in Nevada, there are a lot of voters that well, submerged in a different way, uh, mm -hmm. who seem to, seem to still seem to vote. Uh, so definitely would like to see that uh, him, I think that the, the only way somebody could feel comfortable about that one is if you, you had a definite lead of over uh, 2%, I would say, okay. there. And, and I see him at that, so I, I think that's a, He's right a there. likely pickup. Okay, awesome, awesome. Let's go to uh, Wisconsin, Ron Johnson and Mar Mandela Barnes. Wow. Uh, this one started tough because Ron Johnson's just uh, literally just not one of the most popular U.S. senators. But man, oh man, the more people learn about Mandela Barnes, the better Ron Johnson <laughs> been looking. And it's it's amazing when you think about what Wisconsin has been through. Yeah, and they have been through a lot. Um, whether it's Kenosha, whether it's Rittenhouse trial, whether it's the uh, uh, the, the the guy doing the uh, running the car into the Christmas in Waukesha. parade. It was a Waukesha. Yeah, I mean, just, it's all yeah. been yeah. crazy. And so you have, and I think that guy was out on some kind of parole or something. Yeah. And so when you have a guy like Mandela Barnes, who his record is so soft on crime in 2022, I mean, like, yeah. th that is a perfect storm for even Ron Johnson to look like a star. And uh, even the most liberal mainstream polling is now showing Ron Johnson winning, which you can pretty much assure that means he's, he's doing really well. I expect him uh, to win that without a really, any real sweat. Well, yeah, I think you, Mandela Barnes is, is extreme, right, is, is what you're saying. I mean, when you're that extreme, and it's, it's, it's in a way like what you're talking about with Fetterman, the more these people get up and they speak and people see what they're about, as opposed to some marketing and campaigning and things like that, when they actually see the candidate, they realize how extreme these people actually are, and that's exactly what Mandela Barnes is. That's right. Yeah. 
All right, let's go to Arizona. I know uh, we're, we're talking. Everyone's talking about Carrie Lake. She's doing a great job out there. But what about Mark Kelly and Blake Masters for the Senate race? Well, you know, we just released a, a poll uh, yesterday, and we'll, every time we measure this race, um, Kelly goes down a little bit, Masters goes up a little bit. This is the closest margin we've measured, <laughs> and it had um, Kelly just up by one percent, even. That is as close as we've measured it. Uh, so I, I do see upward momentum um, for Masters. And among those who are undecided, very anti-Biden. I yeah. think that uh, it is it is it is great to have Carrie Lake as your quote-unquote running mate in this. That's right, right. Because she has some popularity that reaches across political aisles. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, just people have got to know her personally. And it's very beneficial to her uh, that people that are voting that, you know, don't, don't we like Republicans or Democrats just like Carrie Lake? I think yeah. once they vote for one Republican, they figure, what the heck, I'll vote for the other one. And there's an anti, I mean, listen, there's no question, there's an anti-incumbent feeling. And so if you are an incumbent who hasn't proven you're worth keeping, it's tough. And the worst thing is the guy got elected, Kelly gets elected, people thinking he's going to be tough, you know, he's an astronaut, he's a tough guy, all this stuff. And here, who's the tough guy in Arizona in the U.S. Senate? Kirsten Sinema. She's the one who's shown how to work uh, to push back on her own party and stand up for herself. And this guy's been kind of a lapdog voting with the Biden administration over 90 percent of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so we're looking at a, we, we like to call it the, a statistical tie right now in, in Arizona. But with three weeks left, you see some momentum on the, on the um, master's front. Uh, that and even though he's over. been ignored. I mean, you know, part of what's been going on is the, uh, you know, the kind of the establishment, the, the, the McConnell and that crowd, they've been, pick, you know, picking winners and losers with how they spent their money. And this is a guy they haven't gotten behind. Now, once he looks like he's a winner, they, they might swoop in and claim victory. Mm. But everyone knows well they haven't been behind him. Uh, but so when guys like that are starting to improve, it, 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 it's because of every, every, all the efforts others have put in it. Uh, but this is not an establishment. Uh, kind of getting behind somebody and making a win victory. This is a, a victory of those who just realize this, the race is important. It doesn't matter about political agendas. It needs to be won. Got it. All right. Well, Robert, you, uh, you made a name for yourself, right? And calling races, even people say that it's not possible. 2016 comes to mind with Trump. Um, so is there anyone at the governor's race that you feel is kind of one of those outsiders that's going to happen that will, that'll shock people? Yeah, we've got a few Senate races and governor's races like that. I could run through a few of them. Um, I think Oregon, uh, the three-way the three -way nature of the race and the mm -hmm. fact that people have really just had enough of Portland. I mean, you've got parts of Oregon talking about seceding and becoming part of Idaho. I mean, that's just that's just weird. Uh, but, that, but I think it's just a reflection of, hey, they've had enough. Yeah. I mean, how can you blame them? And, and so... And, and you've got an interesting little three-way race that's really kind of hurting uh, the, uh, what should be a Democrat victory. So I think you, you'd add that in people who usually vote Democrat. Yeah. I mean, it, 2022 is not about people all becoming Republicans, about them saying, I'm sick of the Democrats, I want to try something different. Yeah. So I'd look for that one. Uh, New Mexico may offer some surprises. We're checking that one now. Um, and, and as far as the Senate, I, I would look at the... Uh, Washington State uh, may be a surprise. Uh, we got that one very close. And I'd look for Bullduck uh, to, to 
outpace what I think he's going to do in New Hampshire. Yeah. And then, of course, New York. When we first said New York was close, everybody said we're crazy. And then <laughs> this mainstream wall of no, there's no way she's not going to win by double digits has just collapsed to a poll for eight to six and now a poll for four. So they're getting close to us like they, they do all, all election. They keep moving closer to where we are and somehow we don't have to jump around. Striking distance. Absolutely striking distance. And one <laughs> cannot underestimate that there is a Cuomo machine in New York and they are not about making Kathy Hochul look good. Yes, that is, that is very true. Uh, it, it's an interesting race to watch and it's, it's amazing it's as close as it is to your, to your point. And I think that goes back to Biden, 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 and all the policies that they've instituted over the last two years. And it's, it's really reprimanded on him. I mean, it's, it's the leadership come from the top, but all, you know, all this cashless bail, all this stuff, uh, yeah. you know, these governors have the ability to remove prosecutors. They have the ability to suspend this stuff in an emergency. And she certainly has had the ability to do it. She's done nothing. I mean, how many more videos do you have to see in New York? Yeah. to realize crime support is the only state we've measured where crime supersedes the economy. <laughs> that's that's not a statistic that you want to be famous for. It is not. <laughs> it is not. I love it. All right. Well, Robert Cahaley, thank you for joining us. This has been fantastic. Always a pleasure to have on on the show. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, it's good good to be here, and uh, I love what you know all the work you're doing and. Um, this is going to be a it's going to be a, a long three weeks, but I think it, I think people are going to be shocked on election night and overwhelmed because I think this wave is going to be on the larger side. Yeah, we're we're praying for that, no doubt. Thank you. Well, all right, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week. Let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe by texting First Right to 30161. That's First Right, all caps, one word, to 30161.